As American as apple pie, baseball is a celebrated pastime. Whether you grew up playing the game, cheered on as a fan, or simply enjoy a good baseball movie or two, it's still probably part of your DNA. Summer's almost over, but the baseball season is just beginning, and we've got plenty of nostalgia to keep us going no matter how long the season lasts. Root, root, root for the home team. This is Wayback Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham, and sitting across from me in cyberspace, as always, is Preston Burt. Preston, are you ready to take me out to the ball game? I'm ready, man. Yeah, as ready as I can ever be. Uh, it's not a typical baseball season, but here we are. And I thought, you know, even though people don't really associate geekdom or whatever with sports and baseball hey you can't deny that it's part of our pastime and i figured we we all have some memories to share to talk about it yeah you know i think baseball is the most boring thing on earth to watch especially on tv but it still holds a special place in my heart just because like the whole apple pie and baseball whole thing i don't know it's it's so strange how uh something that you really don't have a lot of ties to still can form a lot of nostalgic memories with things related to it true yeah i i know probably not everyone here listening to the show is a sports fan and i you know like i said i'm i wouldn't be surprised people look at this and go they're talking about baseball jeez uh, don't know what that's about, but you know, whether whether or not you watched it on TV or you played the game yourself as a kid, um, it's you know, it's pop culture. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, people could be a huge fan of, let's say, oh, uh, the movie Major League or Bull right. Durham or whatever, and not be a huge baseball fan per se. It 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 spans the spectrum. So, you yeah. Know. Before before we get a bunch of sorry sorry my while you were talking my leg cramped up really bad and so if I'm sitting weird that's why uh, before you uh, before we get any emails about how great baseball is and how bad I am for not liking it I will say I love baseball movies and I understand the complexity of the game between the pitcher and the batter and like how all that works and stuff like that and I think that part's really interesting I think it's just the watching part is really boring. Oh yeah, it's kind of, to, to me watching it. It's kind of like golf. Mm-hmm. It's just so slow paced. It does not keep my attention. It's it's a much better in person sport. Yeah. Hey, so, hey, we're gonna talk baseball almost the whole episode. But you know, it's been a month since we've recorded anything, um, and I, I just wanted to say I'm I'm glad to be back from our vacation. I had a good time away. Did you? I did. It it was kind. It was eventful. I would say. It was eventful or was not eventful? It was eventful. Oh, good. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> What's something fun that you did while you were away that you can uh, share? I um, I took a week off from work and uh, had a bunch of plans and wound up not really doing anything. But I did start a new diet. Um, 
recently. And so that's exciting uh, because I it let me take just like bags and bags and bags of junk food over to my ex-wife's house, uh, which she wound <laughs> up giving most of it away to the neighbors. So I created Halloween for everybody. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That, that may be the closest thing we get to Halloween this year. So, hey, take what you can get. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Uh, so I got to, um, of course, have some time off uh, from work, and I even went on a vacation. I know people were worried to hear me say that I was going on a beach vacation, but we played it very, very safe. Um, we were really just out on the beach, away from people, in our condo, and other than going out to uh, pick up takeaway food twice, mm -hmm. We made all of our meals at home. We stayed in and watched movies, played games, read. It was so great. It was one of the first times I can think of where I had like a full seven-day stretch of doing nothing. And because of the pandemic, like I didn't even feel pressure to like go out and see everything because even if I wanted to, most of the stuff was closed and mm -hmm. then, you know, safety prevails. So I wouldn't have anyway. So it was, it was really freeing to just like absolutely – veg and do nothing and just sit on the beach and read and uh it was very freeing so i hope everybody listening can enjoy that at some point uh, in time in the future if they haven't already this summer season but yeah but, it was very good but preston it's not a trip to panama city beach if you don't go to club la villa come on you didn't, didn't you didn't hit up the biggest nightclub in the southeast I did not go to Panama City Beach, and the nightclub scene is not my scene. I'll tell you that for sure, especially now. Yikes. Um, so one thing also we have been doing while we were, quote, on vacation. Um, so if, if our listeners haven't seen us on social media promoting it, we were testing out the Twitch waters in, mm. um, in a different format than usual. If, if, if you're just listening to this, then you may not know that we actually live stream our um, – recording of the podcast on Twitch on Tuesday nights at 10 Eastern. And mm -hmm. then we release the podcast on YouTube um, the following day and on your podcast streaming apps the following day. But uh, we actually played a few games of pinball over the course of a couple of days, testing the, the pinball streaming app uh, and got to play Ghostbusters and got to play Deadpool in my basement with masks on. But that was fun. So, um, who knows what we'll do in the future? I think uh, one day I will get my Ninja Turtles pinball machine, and then <laughs> we'll have a great time streaming a lot uh, for that game. Uh, but I, you know, I think um, right now, like the kind of setup I have requires uh, a lot of movement of big things, uh, and so maybe in the future I can get some smaller pieces that allow us to. Um, make all that kind of stuff easier because I, I currently only have two pinball machines. Uh, and then when I get turtles, I'll have three. So, cause it's nice to have like some variety and spice things up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I've got four, which just sounds like a lot, but when you're talking about streaming pinball and, mm -hmm. and variety, it's not that much. So, um, I'm glad that we were able to play what we did. And I think right now, um, you can still watch them for the, for the next few days on Twitch to kind of just see what they're like. We're, they're not our best quality stuff, but, you know, it, it give you a little taste. Right. Um, so, entertainment-wise, you've been checking out anything cool? I was trying to think. I know that um, I, I, I can't think of anything specifically. Like, there's things I'm excited about. Um, I'm super excited for Bill and Ted 3. 
And so I was trying to think if I should watch one and two with my kids uh, because I showed them the trailer for three and they were pretty, they seemed pretty excited for that. Uh, right now we are currently working our way through the Marvel Cinematic Universe and uh, we are next tomorrow we are going to watch Thor 2 which I'm dreading because I've never seen it but I know it's supposedly the worst Marvel movie and so um, but we have to get past that point so we can start watching some other things and I I think that may be the only Marvel movie I have not seen really yeah I think I think it's the same thing for me beforehand I had not also seen Iron Man 3 but now I've seen it um, but, uh, you know, I figured after we get done with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, what are we going to do? And so I was thinking maybe we could watch Gremlins 1 and 2 because I, I bought those movies forever ago uh, to watch with the girls. And then I was like, let me just see how bad it is if I remember how, you know, how if it's too too, too scary for them. And it was. And, but I think now they're at the point, like, my oldest daughter really, really wants to watch Annabelle. And I'm like, I just don't know. I think it's going to be too scary for you. But I'm like, maybe we'll watch The Gate. Because I know, I, like, like when I think about her age, right, uh, when I was that age, I had watched, like, The Gate and Nightmare on Elm Street and Jaws and, and stuff like that. And so I don't want to be, like, too protective. And so I'm like, we'll watch The Gate because I own The Gate. And have you ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah, I've got that on Blu-ray. I love that movie. And so I was like, that's a good kids movie, I think, because like kids are the main protagonist and it's not too scary, but there is some really messed up stuff in that movie. And so maybe we'll start with that just to see if she has any nightmares or anything, but gremlins for sure after yeah. this, probably, I think. Yeah. Uh, sorry to break the fourth wall for, uh, for listeners here, but Brian, could you throw up our logo in the oh, top left corner? There I we can. go. Boom. Awesome. <laughs> and, uh, Hopefully this isn't stuttering too much on, on Twitch. That's the problem with live streaming, but I think it might be. So hopefully mm -hmm. this will be a good recording for you guys. But if not, hey, you get to hear some of this magic behind the scenes stuff. We're trying our best. It's not like riding a bike, surprisingly, getting back in the podcasting saddle. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately I had, in order to stream, I had to take apart certain parts of my studio and put them back together. And when I was doing that, uh, I think that, Actually, I, I think I know what happened, and I didn't notice it until we started recording, but the software that I use has a small little thing in the bottom left-hand corner that says, Update Available, and I bet you 100% <laughs> that's, that, that's the cause for all the problems I've been having. And oh, way to go. Yep. <laughs> you think, you think like, when you would launch it, it would be like, hey, there's an update, but nope. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's so crazy. Uh, so I've been watching Umbrella Academy. I just started that one. Mm -hmm. uh, back again did you see the first season i have uh, i've i know what it is but i've i've never really watched it okay well it's 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 based off a comic book series mm -hmm. uh, written by the guy who was the front man for my chemical romance so that alone deserves just a, a cursory watch just to check it out wow. it's good uh good series and then you know sports related uh since this episode's about baseball um i finally got on the bandwagon because uh, my family and I were watching The Last Dance on Netflix. It was mm -hmm. just on ESPN, but you know the Michael Jordan uh, yes. Championship Bulls documentary, mm -hmm. fantastic. We've been we've we've watched all of the episodes except the last one. We kind of waiting for a a long period of time to to set aside so we can devote it our time just to that. So hopefully we'll be able to check that out soon. And uh, then other than that, man, we're just cruising along doing the same old thing waiting for school to go or not who knows mm -hmm. yeah i i think I, man that is 
that's the craziest thing. Like we're having we're having to to change a lot of stuff around because it's too unsafe. But hey, let's open up schools and get everybody back in there. <laughs> Teachers will be fine. Yep. Well, uh, talking about being safe. Hopefully, if you're watching or listening to this episode, you're thinking about making it to base safely because uh, this episode's all about baseball. And, you know, we, we mentioned a little bit about our thoughts on baseball when we started the show, mm. but you, you, you just tease me. Give me a little bit more about your baseball history. <clears throat> all um, right. What's your experience with baseball? Okay. So when I was a kid, I played a lot of sports, like with like the YMCA and stuff. Um, I did T-ball, coach pitch, but that was as far as my professional career went. <laughs> I never, I never went past coach, coach pitch. Um, but, uh, as far as like my esports career, <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. I, I have played a lot of baseball arcade games. Um, I don't mm -hmm. play, I don't play very many sports games now, but on the PlayStation and will be the show. They actually, when I was talking earlier about like the battle between pitcher and batter and like, you know, the whole mind game thing, that game actually does a really good job of like capturing that part of baseball. So if anyone wants to feel that and not be able to go out right now, check it, that game out. Um, but I, you know, when I was a kid, we would go to, uh, when I was living in Alabama, we would come to Atlanta to see Braves games sometimes because at the time they were America's team. Um, and then, uh, uh, but really that's about it. I can't like, I've never really traveled to see a baseball game other than to go see the Braves. And, um, I think that the, uh, the thing with baseball that's different from like all other sports is how lackadaisical it is. <laughs> like, like everybody, like you just kind of go to a baseball game just to chill out and just, have fun chatting with your friends and that kind of thing. And then like, be like, Oh yeah, look, there's people doing stuff down there. You know, like it's not, it's not like an intense thing. Like most other sports are. So, uh, but that's, yeah. that's about my, all, all my experience with baseball. Yeah. I, I echo your sentiments about watching baseball. For me, watching baseball on TV is really, 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 really boring unless it's the world series and it's your team in the world series that you're rooting for. Yeah. But in person, <clears throat> I really enjoy it because of how, quote, to use your term, lackadaisical it is. <laughs> you know, it's slow paced. And so when I go to see a baseball game in person, it's not necessarily about the game. Mm -hmm. It's about the experience. It's about, you know, getting some, um, getting some hot dogs and peanuts with the family. It's talking to the, talking to my friends or my family in the stands between innings. It's, you know, doing the wave and watching the silly stuff that they do in the crowd. And it's very little of it is actually, you know, the, the sport itself. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this is one, if, even if you didn't, you know, grow up playing it or like watching on TV, I would, I would venture, you would probably still have an okay time in person at a major sporting event. Yeah. And that, that, that goes across the board for any sporting event because I like, I'm really not into sports just like period, but like, I've seen like the Celtics play somebody and it was cool to be there, you know, like just to be like, be a part of like, and feel the excitement of the people. Um, yep. I will say the cool thing about, um, this current MLB season, I think it's, I think it's Fox that's doing it. Uh, so they are pumping in crowd noise and putting out CG crowds have you seen this 
<laughs> yes, and I actually saw uh, uh, one of my friends. Uh, he's the co-host of the Arcade Repair Tits co- podcast. His mm-hmm. name's Jonathan, and his wife for his birthday paid for his image to be <laughs> one of the spectators behind home plate for the Rangers games. Nice. Yeah. The um the I think if if I remember correctly, the audio that they're pumping in actually comes from MLB the show that game that I was talking about. That's but crazy. It's so cool. I haven't I haven't seen anything because hockey's also doing the same thing. I think I think all sports that are actually airing are doing the same thing right now. But like, do you know how the laugh tracks thing works? Have you ever? I, the, I learned about it from listening to a thing on NPR. But you know, yes, like. I- Probably heard you, the same show you did. Okay, so I wonder if like oh, just so if 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 you don't know, um, basically it's like a box, and if you think of like a sonographer's like key like typewriter, I, I envision it looking similar to that because I haven't seen what it looks like, but like it's it's kind of like an instrument, and and it has different types of laughter, and you kind of like like shape it to whatever is happening on screen, right? It's not just like they click a file and it goes in. There's there is an art form to making this happen. And man, I hope that that kind of artistic uh, endeavor happens with the sports industry, with with pumping in crowd noise, because who knows how long that this is going to be going on. And I think that there is a possibility that you get people that are like get really good at like anticipating like stuff that's happening and getting like like oh, oh like sounds and and like just working it. I hope I hope it works out the same way. That would be cool if if there was like the one go to guy yeah. that did that, or gal that did that. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know the over under on how much longer professional <laughs> sports is going to be going on because they seem to be dropping like flies. Um, but uh, well, let me. I'll give you my history real quick. But I do want in case in case someone <laughs> who may be doubting their episode if they want to continue listening, we are going to be talking about movies, toys, video games. Fun stuff like that. So it's not going to be just an actual sports show with like sports stats and stuff. But uh, for me personally, baseball was the one sport I actually did play. I did not play it in high school, but I played it through uh, age 13 where mm-hmm. I went out on top at the uh, – our team won the Dizzy Dean um, championship. So um, through, through no help of mine because <laughs> I was horrible. Oh, that's surprising. Um, yeah. Well, I think it was because 13 was the year, 13 was the age at which I got glasses. Mm. And prior to that, I needed glasses, but did not have glasses. So mm-hmm. that affected my batting ability and fielding ability, I'm sure. But uh, I was a fan. And when I lived outside of Chicago, I had some friends that had uh, passes to go to the Cubs games. So I got to go to several Cubs games in Wrigley Field in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I grew up loving Ryan Sandberg, which is why I got my Cubs shirt on right now. <laughs> it actually says Sandberg on the back. I don't know if you can see, but um, I uh, let's see, I did I did that, and then I was huge into baseball cards. It's mm-hmm. I think it's it's part of the collector mentality, and like I don't think that's ever left me, right? Even though my interest has shifted over time, but my first thing that I was just like, oh my gosh, got to get them, got to have them all. Um, was baseball cards, and that was the 1987 top series with the wood grain. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a little bit, but that kind of sustained me through Little League, and then after that, I really didn't follow, you know, baseball that much, other than I, you know, when we moved to Atlanta, I made sure to be able to go to a few Brave games here and there, and yeah, um, took the made sure to take the family to the 
last opening day at the old Turner Stadium. Mm -hmm. And then um, I got to go sit in some nice seats at the the opening of their new stadium here in Atlanta. So that's kind of where I am. Um, And other than watching the Cubs win the World Series finally in 2016, I don't really watch it on TV or anything. So that's mostly, mostly I am in the same seat as you Mm -hmm. other than having played it as a kid. I mostly just enjoy watching movies about it and, and, and <laughs> the toys and things like that. So, you know, I, I know that you don't watch a ton of anime, uh, but one of your daughters do. And there is a, there is supposed, I, I don't know the name of it. So you'll have to like Google it, but I've heard that there's a really good baseball anime. And since uh, maybe you can get her into it and then you guys can like have like a, Oh a yeah. I'll have to check it out, man. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, I think, you know, we've got the background on where we stand on baseball, and I think we should go ahead and get into the topics we want to talk about today. So I think yours is first up. Yeah. So, you know, I talked about it a little bit before about how um, a lot of my baseball experience comes from uh, playing baseball video games. And the this sound effect uh, is hopefully going to uh, bring some memories back for some people. So the Neo Geo startup music is one of the, like, when, when I hear that, like, in an arcade or something like that, like, I love, I just, it is, like, one of the best, uh, one of the best sound effects uh, that's out there. And that uh, sound effect would happen before playing one of my favorite baseball video games of all time. Uh, so let's, uh, let's show a little bit of that right now. All right, so. Super Baseball 2020. <laughs> now, believe it or not, it would, this, would, this would be a great solution to the problem that baseball is having today. So, Super Baseball 2020 uh, is essentially a... Um, it is a baseball game of the future. All the humans are wearing armor and stuff like that. There are uh, there are robots that are playing. Uh, there, are, you earn money while you're playing the game for doing things like getting an out or striking out uh, or I'm striking somebody out and that kind of thing. Um, and you could use that money to like buy power ups and, and stuff like that. So, uh, did you play this game ever, Preston? Dude, I've never seen this game. At all. You've never seen this game at all? Oh <laughs> no. my gosh! I uh, you know if I game. was playing Neo Geo, if I was playing Neo Geo, it was going to be Metal Slug or Art of Fighting um, or one of those. Like I wasn't going to be playing a sports game. Yeah. So <laughs> this, but this game was almost like a fighting game. So I I loved it on the Genesis. One of my friends, Eric, he had he had this game on the on the Genesis, and it was um it was one of those weirdly shaped games. Uh, and because it, I, I know the NES games that were weirdly shaped were, were like not official. They were never yeah, the, get the got the stamp of approval. Yeah, uh, but and so like this always like looked felt the same to me because it was like like Mutant League football. I, I guess it was a lot of EA games uh, were usually like had that yellow tag on the side and stuff like that. But uh, so this game was a Neo Geo baseball game that was released for the arcade and the US for the Genesis. 
Um, EA published it uh, and released it. And then for the Super Nintendo, it was published by Trade West. And okay. man, I was so good at this game. Like I could pitch it like, cause though, like there's, there's parts, this is, I'm running the attract screen in the background, but like there's parts where if you were watching it, like you, you like choose where the ball's going to go. Like most, most baseball games when you're pitching, but like, I was really good at like picking a spot and then just making it curve, like just too close to the person for them to hit it. Um, but and I could beat almost anybody in this game. Like, I love this See, game in the arcade. That was me with RBI Baseball mm. on the NES. Yeah. I love that game. The, uh, I, you know what? Let's see. I also played a lot of RBI Baseball, and I, I, I was, I was pretty good at it. I don't remember whose house I was at, but I have a specific memory, and I know where the, it was like a townhouse. It was when I lived in Tampa when I was like in first or second grade, but I have specific memory of playing RBI baseball with someone there. So, um, but yeah, man, like that game, they, if it, it's fitting that it's super baseball 2020, right? You, half right? the, half the players are robots. Like, why are we not doing this right now? It would solve like all <laughs> the problems. Um, but yeah, it, it, it followed the base, like the same basic rules as baseball, um, and then, uh, like I was talking about earlier, you had those upgrades and stuff, but it was, man, it made for a fast paced game and it was great for arcades because it was similar to a fighting game. Like, you know, or like, you know, think of like NBA jam, how popular NBA jam was. Um, but the characters were like over the top. Like if you get struck out, they would always like break the bat over their knee and stuff like that. I, I just love that game. Neo Geo had a couple baseball games. There's like baseball all stars and stuff like that, but super baseball 2020 is uh one of my favorites so the newest baseball game that i got to enjoy was super mario all-star baseball which i uh -huh. think was on the gamecube yep me and my buddy shannon he had that for his kids and <laughs> i think we played it more than they did that game infuriated him because i think he's only beaten me at it one time and we've played <laughs> i don't know dozens of times they've uh I feel like they've done a. I feel like there was a Nintendo 64 Mario baseball game also, but yeah, usually the Mario the Mario ones. There's an amazing Mega Man soccer game that, that's also very good. But but yeah, those baseball translates well when you make it arcadey and and not. I just as as a sim baseball game or a sim video game, I, I would prefer an arcadey one any day. Yeah, uh, there there's a few arcade actual arcade baseball games. There's like Championship Baseball. Um, there's a, and then RBI Baseball actually was for was put out in arcades uh, as a kit, but not that many. There was one that had a cool little control where you like flick oh, the little yes. switch. Mm -hmm. it I was don't like, remember the name of that one. It was like a Sega. tight a tight analog stick or whatever. Well, it was World Series Baseball was the name mm -hmm. of that one. Um, but yeah, it 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 translates really really well and. Uh, I'm glad you picked that one. I'm glad I learned a little bit about uh, Super Baseball 2020. Well, um, I think I think that they should take my idea and do that with this year's uh, baseball game, but uh, or with this year's baseball season. But if not, and they wind up canceling the season, I think that uh, it, that will allow people to sit back and uh, revisit this classic. I want you to make some friends this summer. They were nine great kids. <laughs> having one great summer. 
They'll become friends. Just stand there and stick your glove out in the air. I'll take care of it. They'll become a team. Oh, yeah, all right. And one of them... You're the best. ...will become a legend. <laughs> the Sandlot, rated PG. All right, you knew that if we're doing an episode about baseball, we would have to talk about The Sandlot. I mean, like, it's a given. We we mentioned some movies at the top of the show that are really iconic baseball movies. Bull Durham, Major League. Um, even if for, like, kids' movies, I was thinking of The Rookie, which I really, really, really love. Uh, or, sorry, Rookie of the Year, which yes. I really, really, really love. But I don't know if there's ever been a better baseball movie than the sandlot it is just so perfect for kids and for families and it's funny and nostalgic and you know sentimental and it's just it's just great mm -hmm. it, it like uh it is one of those movies that like when you watch it you're like man this is an instant classic yeah yeah it was and you know it it actually did pretty well at the box office it was um it, it came out in 1993. Mm. It earned $34 million at the box office on a $7 million budget. So it was, it was profitable. It did really well. Um, but where it really hit home and came became the cult classic film that it is, where I wouldn't even say cult, it was just a classic film now, is because of home video sales. Mm -hmm. Between VHS and DVD, they've made over $75 million doing that. So like double it's um it's box office income i you know i saw it in the theaters i'm pretty sure i don't remember exactly where i saw this the most was when i was a kid in school i was in um, like choirs and stuff and we'd travel to different things and even through high school this was the movie that got put on the bus mm -hmm. like everybody liked this movie it had universal appeal it was wholesome it was fun and it never got old. I loved it. Yeah, it, it. You know, it's funny that you say that it got played on the bus because that was something also like Independence Day, The Sandlot. Like these are all movies that are on like every like long long distance field trip where you have a TV on the bus. Okay, so in the very long offshoot chance that you have not seen this movie, listener or viewer, uh, brief synopsis. This kid comes to a new town. He's awkward. He's dealing with a stepfather. Um, he's trying to make friends. He runs into a group of kids playing baseball in the lot, the sand lot, and they're down a player who moved away. He has zero skills. He plays catch with his stepdad and even gets a black eye doing that. But one player, Benny, takes him under his wing to teach him the ways, and eventually he gets... Uh, he becomes part of this this crew, this motley crew of baseball players. But there is a problem that carries throughout the rest of the movie in that someone hits a ball over the fence. He says, oh, I can replace the ball. My stepdad has a ball. So he goes to get it. And they hit that over the fence too, which a crazy dog retrieves. Mm -hmm. And that ball was signed by the Yankees World Series winners. And so they have to devise a plan to get that ball back. And it's not just that. There's also, you know, some great stuff, uh, just kid stuff, you know, tree houses, uh, love interests at the pool, 
there's there's a lot of fun stuff to carry it throughout but man it is a great nostalgic classic did did you ever uh did you ever know anybody that collected baseballs collected baseballs yeah like signed um, ones I, yeah i had a couple friends that had you know maybe one or two and i think i when i visited a cubs game i, I got um joe girardi to sign one he's the catcher and uh, he eventually came uh, a manager in the major leagues but i wasn't like super collector guy mm-hmm. with that the weirdest thing ever is it, it maybe it wasn't my mom's but my mom collected she had a baseball like i think it was a mickey mantle uh autograph ball and maybe really? it was my stepdad's but in my head it was always my mom's baseball and i thought it was like looking back on it it's the weirdest thing because i don't think she has it now so maybe it was his his baseball but even him like it it was such a strange thing because like like they neither of them really collected anything and so for for this like mickey mantle ball to be like on the dresser like see everybody knows mickey mantle Mm -hmm. and everybody knows baseball so even if you're not a huge collector of anything else you know that there's value to be had monetarily or otherwise in having that piece of history so i get it man that's cool i wonder what happened to that ball i don't know I'll, i'll have to ask next time i talk to her and see if it was hers or or not yeah, that's cool. Um, so, you know, as part of our uh, design of the show for Wayback Attack, we talk about things that are nostalgic that are coming back uh, into the into the present, you know? Mm-hmm. So baseball generally is something that's in the present right now because the season is underway. But also the sandlot itself is hopefully going to be back in the limelight because uh, there has been rumors of the early development of a new series of The Sandlot on Disney+. And what's cool about this is I know you're thinking, oh, great, they're just going to make whatever. No, from what they're reading, uh, the original kids are going to be in this movie as grown-ups in the 80s who have kids of their own who are playing ball now. So... Uh, set in 1984 with original cast and it's written by the uh, co-writer and director Mickey David Evans of the original movie so that looks really 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 promising so I hope that ha- I hope that works out who do you think is gonna have like the flock of seagulls hair because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know if you're gonna do it in the 80s you gotta have you gotta have someone that's really out there yeah well who there was the t- I think the tall kid was like the burnout who ended up getting lost in the 60s or something. Uh, Maybe he came back out as like a, a glam rocker. Well, <laughs> I'll, uh, I just want to give everybody a quick update. I have been informed from chat that my mom still has the ball. So it was her ball. <laughs> <laughs> she still has the Mickey Mantle. So. Go mom. <laughs> All right. So you got any more last comments about the Sandlot movie? You know, uh, it, it is such a classic movie, and I think it's cool that they're going to bring it back um, on Disney+. Plus. And are they doing a series, or is it a movie? It's a series, right? I think it's a series, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the cool thing with that is it really opens the door for them to really do whatever they want, uh, especially with a different time period. Um, and I think, uh, I think it's a smart move. Uh, because, you know, I think when the original movie came out, the time period that it was set in was set in uh, for, like, parents to feel nostalgic to see that movie. 
kids, modern kids were into it just because it was a kids movie. Right. And then them setting the time period now lets those kids that were younger feel the nostalgia for the original movie and for that time period. And yeah. so I think, I think it's like an interesting thing, an interesting concept for them to do it. Um, but yeah, the, uh, uh, I, I'm super excited for it and um, I can't wait to what is that sound Preston uh, is that the sound of a game it sounds like it alright so that means that we're playing a game I created just for you Brian called <laughs> Sandlot or Sandler alright so All right. how does this game so, work <laughs> so uh Let's let's throw that graphic back up for just a minute and ed admire that. Look at that. Oh man, I made that. <laughs> that is just just killer. So you got Squints on the left, you got Adam Sandler on the right. So what that means in this game is I'm going to be giving you some movie quotes and I want you to tell me if that movie quote is from the movie The Sandlot mm -hmm. or if it's from any other Adam Sandler movie <laughs> okay so let me pull that back up on my drive because i forgot to pull that up here we go all right <laughs> well i i so, must say i am not a huge adam sandler fan uh so i'm i don't know how well i'm going to do with this movie because or i'm sorry this game because it has been so long since i've seen the movie the sandlot so this will be okay. interesting well i i tried not to go too obscure but um i did want it to make it not not so obvious so uh oh we forgot. Let's play. Uh, I, I gave you some sound effects for yes. when you get things wrong. So if the movie, if you get it wrong and you say Adam Sandler, but the movie is actually The Sandlot, you're going to hear this sound. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. And if you say it's The Sandlot, but it's actually an Adam Sandler movie, you're going to hear this. Stop looking at me, Swan. <laughs> Stop looking right, so, at me, Swan. <laughs> so Brian's working the sound effects board on his own game. But uh, here we go. So I'm going to tell you. All right. Here, here is your first movie quote. Remember, okay. you tell me Sandlot or Sandler. I take it back. You're not in trouble. You're dead where you stand. I'm going to say Sandlot. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Yes. You got that one right. That is from Mr. Myrtle, played by James Earl Jones at the very end. Uh, and that's from The Sandlot. Okay, next movie. Or next quote. Remember, kid. <laughs> there's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Oh, man. I thought you gave it away when you said next movie. And I was like, okay, so it's not The Sandlot, but that sounds like a quote from The Sandlot. And I can't imagine Adam Sandler saying that in anything other than, like, Big Daddy. And I don't think that he would – I don't still think – unless you're like, remember, kid, you're never going to know it. Um, so I'm going to go so, with Sandlot again. You're correct. You're correct. Yes. You bring up a good point. I very strongly considered reading every single movie <laughs> quote in an Adam Sandler voice. Ooh. <laughs> You should do that from now on. <laughs> All right, here we go. Now, that's what I call high-quality H2O. <laughs> that is uh, Sandler. Okay, yes, from the movie? <laughs> Waterboy. 
You got it. Okay, here, I'll do this one in an Adam Sandler voice. Here you go. <laughs> Just to throw you off in case. Who knows? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Mommy, mommy, look at the doggy. Ooh, that's a big doggy. <laughs> I'm going to go with Sandlot. Oh, you got it. I was yes. hoping maybe the Adam Sandler voice would throw you off. <laughs> All right, you're doing, you're doing good. You're four for four. Nice. All right, here's one. Short and sweet. Forever. Forever. <laughs> Forever. Forever. It's Sandlot. <laughs> okay. I told you you'd get all of these. Um, all right, next up. Gee, you know, that information would have been really useful to me yesterday. That is a Sandler film. Do you know which film? Because oh, he, he's going to go... Oh, man, is it... It might be Happy Gilmore? You're wrong, so I'm going to make you play the wrong sound. <laughs> All right, uh, so I'm playing the the Sandler sound clip or the yes. sound... Okay. Yes, Sandler. Stop looking at me, Swan. You got you got half credit, I'll give you. Because <laughs> I'm having to make it harder Swan. for you since you get them all right. So you <laughs> technically got it right. It is a Sandler quote, but you did not get the movie correct. It's from The Wedding Singer. Oh, okay. All right. Here's another one for you. Why don't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? <laughs> that is Sandler, Happy Gilmore. Correct. All right, we're getting down to the wire here. You're doing really, really good. Anyone who wants to be a can't hack it panty waist who wears their mama's bra, raise your hand. That is Sandlot. Dang! Oh, I thought I was going to get <laughs> you with that one. That is said by Benny the Jet Rodriguez in Sandlot. Okay, two more. Here we go. I've been coming here every summer of my adult life, and every summer, there she is, oiling, lotioning, lotioning, oiling, smiling. I can't take this no more. Ooh, that's... That's tough. I'm going to go Sandler only because it says adult life. Uh, you are wrong. You have to play the Sandlot sound. Oh. I think you just gave it to me to feel pity. But <laughs> that is Squints talking about Wendy Peppercorn in the Sandlot. But he's not an adult. <laughs> I know. That's part of the fun. That's writing, kids. That's comedy. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Here's another one for you. Last one. Of course I peed my pants. Everyone my age peeds their pants. It's the coolest. That is Sandler. And it's... I'm going to assume it's Billy Madison. I've never seen it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Brian and O'Doyle rules. Good job. Yes. Way to go. I All am right. very good at games. <laughs> <laughs> You do such a good job of thinking up games for me. I thought I'd, I'd think up one for you. So I don't know how often we'll bring back Sandlot or Sandler. Probably never. <laughs> so enjoy it while you can. You know, we can make it a theme with Sandler stuff. Like we could, uh, we could just compare everything to Adam Sandler movies. It doesn't it doesn't have the the je ne sais quoi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I appreciate you making that game for me, and I'm glad that I I I only got one. Well, we'll say one and a half wrong since I got the the Sandler movie <laughs> wrong. So, uh, okay. so very good. Um, but the uh, this uh, 
going back to baseball because I think Adam Sandler kind of throws off a little bit. I can't believe he's never done a baseball movie. Um, but I guess don't count him out because who knows what Netflix wants to pay him to do. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, going to take us into our next one. All right. So this is a classic, Preston. Why? Uh, what made you think up frog baseball? You know, I just like to think of variety. And I knew that frog baseball was the very, 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 very first short uh, animation for Beavis and Butthead. Mm -hmm. And um, it's actually... You know, if you're watching this, you're seeing it. It's a little more rudimentary than you remember. And if you yes. could hear the voices, it's uh, slightly different voices than what you'd expect. Mm -hmm. So this was the very first animation by Mike Judge that aired on Liquid Television. And um, this is before it was actually a series. This was in 1992. It's a short film. It's only a, a couple minutes long. And he made one other one. That was like peace, love, and understanding, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is so cool to, to talk to, to look at. The content is awful. I mean, frog <laughs> baseball, they're whacking a frog with a baseball bat, um, just showing what doofuses they are. And um, But I think we all kind of had that one kid in our neighborhood who was like a, a hellion. And I mean, I know I, I had a friend who like just for fun would like throw frogs against from his pool like against the wall it was cruelty it was horrible i denounce it but there's always that one kid that's just off right mm, yeah how many people do you think that that kid has murdered today <laughs> probably a non-zero number a non-zero <laughs> number um but yeah you know beepus and butthead in its entirety was such a a, a monumental part of pop culture Yes. For our generation. Mm -hmm. um, this little thing, Frog Baseball, as stupid as it is, it led to seven seasons of Beavis and Butthead from 1993 all the way to 1997. Then they had a movie uh, in 1996, Beavis and Butthead Do America. Mm -hmm. And then it was even um, brought back, I think in 2011, for some shorts. I, I, I don't remember. I didn't watch it. It was out of my radar. But... Um, yeah, so it's got some longevity, and it's just interesting to think that it all started from this stupid little animation about squashing a frog with a baseball bat. Yeah, uh, Beavis and Butthead is is an interesting thing too because, so, like, modern day, like you can't really find like they they have put out some Beavis and Butthead like video stuff, but because of all the licensing deals and stuff like that, that would have to go into place in order to have those music videos put back into it, um, like without the music videos, the animation is extremely short, you know, cause that was a good chunk of what those shows were. But man, I remember when Beavis and Butthead came out and like, I was, I remember, well, I guess maybe not when it came out. Right. Cause well, uh, so I was in sixth grade. I remember being in sixth grade and it being like the biggest thing ever. And the big conversation was about how it was going to, to destroy the youth of America. Right. But then I yep. specifically remember the opposite talking point about how Looney Tunes was the exact same thing. How you have like B Bugs Bunny, or I guess it technically was Bugs Bunny. It was, um, 
some gremlin or whatever was like hitting like like uh, missile heads and stuff like that and just like like you know Elmer Fudd shooting things you know and just like how really animation was no different it was just that these guys were morons and it's uh-huh. funny because the uh, clip that that you have here with the um, frog baseball. <laughs> I cannot not hear Keanu Reeves when Butthead is talking because it's not it's not Butthead's right voice, and so it sounds more like Keanu Reeves to me. Uh, but but yeah, that man, it was such a huge thing. I wanted MTV so bad, and uh, I could not. Um, I, I my mom was was not wanting me to watch that at all. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have, but it coincided with a a summer where I was stuck at my dad's house and he was off at work all the time, and so I just mm-hmm. rotted my brain with. MTV nonstop, <laughs> real world road rules, Beavis and Butthead. It was awful and glorious at the same time. Um, you know, you were talking about them being the responsible for the downfall of America. I, I remember that. I remember that sentiment. But I had seen it already. You'd mentioned Looney Tunes or whatever. But I remember first it was The Simpsons, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Then it was Beavis and Butthead, and then South Park came along, and oh my gosh. So it's just, there's something for every season. And uh, Beavis and Butthead was just part of it for a while. But again, talking about a way back attack in the present, announced in July of 2020, just this past month, Beavis and Butthead are returning for two new seasons and spinoffs on Comedy Central. In the uh, quote from the article, I think on Deadline, in the new incarnation, Beavis and Butthead will enter a whole new Gen Z world with meta themes that are said to be relatable to both new fans who may be unfam- and those who may be unfamiliar with the original series. So or, and I, old fans. Yeah. So I wonder, you know, I was talking about how the music videos were a huge part of it. I wonder, like, the the music videos that come out now are vastly different from the videos back then. At, at least, like, I mean, I'm sure that there are still, like, a large variety of music videos, but the main ones that I ever see are going to be pop music, right? And back then they did like a lot of metal and, and they had some pop stuff in there too. Like they had a wide variety of, of music videos. Um, you know, obviously MTV had all that stuff playing all the time and they had different genres playing. But but nowadays the only ones that I ever really see are pop music. So it'll be interesting to see like how they play on that with with Yeah, those or characters. even if they if they even do music videos at all. I mean, yeah. they may just be doing the animation part of it, which would be a little disheartening because Beavis and Butthead is where I discovered some of this music that I'd never listened to on my own. Like, I I didn't even know who Guar was <laughs> until Beavis and Butthead. So <laughs> I hope a new generation of people get to be introduced to some weird and random stuff through Beavis and Butthead. That's how you became a huge Winger fan. <laughs> 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 well, uh, you know, Beavis and Butthead playing, uh, playing baseball uh, and not really playing by the rules or an interesting way because they quickly their attention diverted uh, is nothing at all like this next baseball game so I have here I'm going to turn it down a little bit so this is not my game but this is a a game made by Williams uh, called Slugfest and this is a um it's almost like a pinball machine. It's about the same size as one. It's a little bit shorter. Um, but it is a classic pitch and bat style game, but it was reinvented for the 90s arcade kid. And I used to own one of these. Um, I love this game. 
Uh, it came out in 1991, and man, when I would go to the arcade, you know, I, I've said it, I wasn't a huge baseball fan, but I like baseball games, and this game I played all the time. And I know for a fact that you've played with me um, when I own this game. What do you think about it, Preston? Oh, dude, this one is a blast from my childhood. It's it's a blast of nostalgia. For those who may just be listening and don't know what we're talking about, it looks kind of like a pinball machine, just with not as tall of a back box, mm. but it's uh, something you stand up to play. And it's basically, what's cool about the Slugfest is that two people can play simultaneously. One person can tr- control the ball being thrown, mm-hmm. a little pinball, it's tinier than a regular <clears throat> pinball. And then one person bats, and they can swing, and it, you know, it gives you a, a, a base hit, double, triple, or a home run based on where you hit it. Mm-hmm. There's different characters, and there's a dot matrix display. It's really, really, really cool. And, you know, I've talked about on the show before that little corner gas station that had a game room in the back, where I learned to play Street Fighter Two, and where I played Mortal Kombat and and all that stuff. They had a Slugfest machine at uh, that location. So I grew up playing this. It's a great game. It's really, really fun. Mm-hmm. And what was one of the cool special features about this, Brian? Do you remember? Yeah, so um, it, so there's a couple cool special features. Uh, you, I, I'm, this is not the one that I think you're talking about, but there was a you could do a power hit, and there was a ramp that would pop up, and then you could hit the ball like up into the stands and get like a if you had bases loaded, you would get like a grand slam or whatever. But the cool feature that I'm pretty sure you're talking about is that it had a baseball card dispenser on it uh, uh-huh. that would dispense out cards. Uh, that based on how well you did so yeah yeah you you didn't see an actual physical reward for stuff um in video game arcades so it was cool to actually to win those and i mentioned before i was a big fan of that so Mm -hmm. yeah that was totally cool and what's funny is that for the longest time that pitch and bat machine was the only exposure i had to pitch and bat machines Mm -hmm. i didn't know that they were popular for a long, long time in the 50s and the 60s and even early 70s. Mm-hmm. Electromechanical machines that had actual running men unit that ran the bases and could control, you know, swinging a bat and stuff like that. They were shaped a little differently. There were some that were this pinball shape, but they were right. mostly like the Midway games. They were like bigger and fatter than an arcade, but they stood up straight like that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you ever, um, you know, a popular beach destination um, is Myrtle Beach, like on the boardwalk at Myrtle Beach, there are arcade uh, arcades on the boardwalk, and they all have the classic, like, 60s pitch and bats, just like rows and rows of them. And so um, uh, my ex-wife and I actually went on a on a vacation out there one time. And she was like, this is really cool. And I was like, okay, well, if you want to get a pitching bat, it's going to be the pitching bat that I played when I was a kid. And so that's, that was the yep. whole reason I got I got a Slugfest because I love that game. And, you know, you talked about how you could do two players. Um, there was player the player that was the pitcher had, like, you would, like, cover up your hand, and there were four <laughs> buttons. And you could do, like, a fastball right. or a curveball or knuckleball. And there's, like, a magnet underneath the play field. And when the ball comes out, like, it would, like, pull the ball one way or another. And uh, and it would mess with, uh, you know, the timing for the batter. And so uh, it, was, it was really revolutionary in terms of, like, turning that classic style of uh, of a pitch and bat into something modern for kids to get excited about 
And if you're thinking about getting a game room, uh, or if you already have one yourself, you know, it's fun to have rows of video games and rows of pinball machines, but it's also really fun to have these very different types of games, like mm -hmm. a Slugfest, to, to mix it up and provide some variety. And these kind of games are things that that guests will gravitate towards without even realizing that they have an interest in it. It's just because it's so different and unique, and it's two-player, and it's fun. So, good choice. Yeah. Yeah, it the um, it also has a single player thing too. So like the if you play against the computer, it'll still do those types of pitches mm -hmm. and stuff too. So, uh, you know, it's fun for a single person to play. It's fun for a group of people to play. So if you got it, uh, check it out. Let's see. All right. Uh, and finally, we're coming to our last, our last, uh, our last thing there, Preston. Are you excited about it? I'm excited about it. I just I discovered am, it today. I'm excited about it too. And I hope you are as well. No baseball collection is complete without this year's hottest new player, the Sports Talk player. Just with me three sliders, I try to take three strong swings. Is it Canseco? I told myself I want to get a pitch to drive. Don Mattingly. Sports Talk plays 164 talking tops cards with stats and tips from all-time greats to current all-stars. I can smell the win and the no-header. That was definitely Mike Scott. And Oral Hershiser and Carlton Fisk. Pete Rose said, this is great. This is the best game we ever played in. Sports Talk, the hottest new player in baseball. All right. So I said I just discovered it today. I, I should rephrase. I rediscovered this today mm -hmm. in looking for topics to talk about and, and round out our list in, with a little bit of variety. I had not thought about this thing in 30 years. Uh, and what we're talking about, of course is the LJN Sports Talk that came out in 1989. And um, it was, kind of think about it as a precursor from the same company to the Talk Boy from mm -hmm. Home Alone 2 that would come out in a few years. It's kind of that same technology. It wouldn't record your voice, but it, it had a, that playback aspect and was certainly um, tied into the hot items at the time, which were baseball cards by Tops. Do you remember yeah. this at all? I do not remember it at all, but I love the commercial. Like the kids, like in his home, he's like, "How's he could say go? Like, why is he in my? <laughs> is he here right now? Is he talking to me? He's watching me change my clothes." <laughs> yeah. Um, so this one, um, as you heard in the commercial, it actually it. If you can't see it, what it is is it's like a little. It looks like a very slender version of a cassette recorder. Mm -hmm. You know, like the rectangular thing you, that was flat, and you'd instead of popping up and sliding in a cassette tape, you'd pop up in this cover and slide in a larger baseball card. So not a traditional baseball card size, but it does look just like the 1989 Top Series. You slide mm -hmm. one of those in, close the lid, push a button, and you'd hear um, from 122 different players and managers, different stories, different stats, sounds from the game being called. It was actually, I don't know, maybe like a early version of podcasts almost for for kids. Yeah, yeah. I that I did. You have one of these? I did not have one of these. No. no. Okay. You should get but, one. Um, <laughs> I should, and our listeners should even get one. I I looked up on eBay, and uh, the prices for this is really affordable. I guess it wasn't a a huge hot seller, because uh, you can buy them currently uh, twenty dollars. Uh, there's a listing for buy it now, $20 with free shipping. 
for the system and it comes with four cards in there. Now, this is where they got you because you didn't get 122 cards right off the bat. It wasn't like an all-in-one system. No, no, no. They wanted you to collect the cards. So mm -hmm. you would buy these little prepackaged set of four cards, only four cards in a box uh, or in a, a pack uh, to try to get to all 122. Um, but if you want to buy those packs to expand upon your system that you get for $20, you can get, I saw someone had an auction up or uh, buy it now for two backs of four cards. So eight cards for eight bucks uh, with you, free shipping. Do you think the gum's still in those packs? I looked and there's not any gum in those packs. Oh and man. Yeah. I, uh, I have had some of that gum before, but that was probably even 10 years ago. And um, so a few years, you know, Several years ago, I got several boxes of trading cards from my childhood to relive that nostalgia. And I got the first series of Topps trading cards that were my own that I remember, which was 1987's wood grain Topps mm. trading cards. And of course, they had the gum. You open it up, it smells just like you remember, but it does not taste like you remember <laughs> because when you put that stick of gum, it just liquefies. Like mm. it just turns into like bubblegum flavored spit. It's so gross and so nasty, but I don't remember it tasting rancid, which at yeah. least fortunately wasn't like eating something rotten, but it just had no gum consistency at all, whatever, and it was just really, really, really gross. You know, you, what you're supposed to do when it turns to that liquid, you're supposed to swish it around your mouth like, oh my God. <laughs> Dude, and then, no, and then it, the sound effect. No. it forms all into like a little wad and then you can blow an awesome bubble. <laughs> oh, you are so wrong for that, man. Oh, well, um, I, I thought I'd bring up something fun. You, you asked about the, uh, the trading cards themselves. Mm. Now the, the LGN sports talk trading cards are styled after 1989 tops series, which I actually have a vintage pack of 1989 tops trading cards. This is, you hear it? It doesn't sound like a regular pack because this is one of the, what they call a rack pack. It's three little packs in one that you'd hang from a peg at a, a store. And I thought I'd open up some and see if we recognize any baseball players. But right off the bat, there's a, there's a good story about one of the guys that you can see. So these packs were fun because you could actually see six of the cards. You kind of knew if you were getting a good one, you could kind of thumb through the, the racks packs on the um, at the store. And the one good guy I recognize right off the bat is number uh, is 1998 1988 All-Star Bobby Bonilla. Oh my goodness, that's so crazy. That name has come up in my life for like three times over the past week. That is so wild. So Brian, would you like to tell anybody why Bobby Bonilla is still coming up in your timeline? Well, uh, I my whole thing was that somebody uh, wrote a podcast and their name was Bobby B. And so they just kept like, they, it was two different podcasts and, and both on um, both those podcasts, they said, Oh yeah, Bobby Bonilla. And I was like, who is that person? <laughs> oh, so you don't know Bobby Bonilla? <laughs> I don't. Okay. Well, he's a good baseball player. He is a good baseball player. He's obviously good enough to be a 1988 all-star. But, uh, while I'm opening this pack up, uh, let me tell you about Bobby Bonilla and why he is always in the news. It's because every year on July 1st, um, there has been um, Bobby Bonilla Day. 
where Bobby Bonilla, even though he's been retired uh, for a long, long time, he, uh, let's see, since 2000, okay, Bobby Bonilla has earned over a million dollars, 1.19 million from the New York Mets every year because um, the owner of the Mets back then they were dealing with a salary cap. I don't remember, but the guy was also embroiled with the Bernie Madoff um, pyramid scheme. Uh huh. And so he thought he was in for this humongous payday. So he thought it was in his best interest to offer Bobby Bonilla a delayed payment structure. So um, even though he got uh, cut in 2000 or after the 2000 season, starting in 2011, he would receive. Uh, $1.19 million every year until, wait for this, 2035. But he so was getting paid it, while he played, right? He got paid while he was played, but he didn't But he didn't get to continue his um, $6 million contract or something like that. Oh. So instead of that $6 million contract, they're like, okay, we won't pay you that this year. You're getting cut. But in 2011, uh -huh. we'll pay you $1.1 million every year until 2035. Boy, that's so crazy. Dude, dude hasn't played baseball in 20 years and is still earning a million dollars every year. That's wild. I couldn't imagine that. Like, you know, because like, so if someone did that to me, I would immediately go, oh, they think I'm going to die. <laughs> like that, that has to be the first thing. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me before before this contract starts. And that's what the thing is. I wonder if you're right. in hiding. No, he's he's celebrating. He's he's out and about. All right, so let's see if I've got any good baseball cards. Um, right off the bat, I do not recognize Adley Ham Hammaker. Don't know him. Hamburger. <laughs> uh, Jose Sassana. I don't know him. Mike Moore from the Mariners. Don't know him. But I do recognize Keith Hernandez nice. of the Mets. He's a good player. Let's see. Dude, yeah, those are all just like bench warmers. I don't know any of those guys. I hope you have a Jose Canseco uh, rookie card. I it is his rookie season, so let's see if we get him. No, he was eighty seven. Never mind. Eighty eighty nine was um, King Griffey Jr. Let's see if we get him. <laughs> I'm King Griffey Jr. <laughs> oh my gosh, look at this guy. I he, I don't know him, but he was the manager for the Royals. He Hold on, really, let me really let me go happy. to you. I don't think managers are ever happy, are they? Watman. <laughs> no, no, he's playing the part really well. Um, my gosh. These these guys all suck. Look, Les Lancaster, Rick Cerrone, John Farrell, Dale Svevum, Larry Owen, and Joe Price. I don't know who any of those dudes are. All right. In the rack pack, you get three little packs. Uh, I'm holding out that Barry uh, – sorry, that Bobby Bonilla is, is the winner. And his pack will have somebody cool. Oh, okay. I was going to say, why is that not really the thing? You know what they should have done is they should have put fake cards on the front of it. So that you don't know who it is. Like you think, oh yeah, I got a Bobby Bonilla, but then really it's like Pete Mc, Mc, McPistol Whip guy. Okay, I got one. Oh, I, uh -oh. I got I got two. I got two. Now, if you were collecting cards at the time, this card would have been pretty interesting because this was a, a draft pick card, so it was like a rookie card mm -hmm. for this guy. This guy, Andy Bennis, he really didn't do much, so that's no good. But this is my boy, All Star Kurt Gibson, which is a perfect way to end this episode for me and, and my topics that I picked out because Kurt Gibson 
was one of my favorite players of all time, and I actually had his mitt when you oh. had a, when you had not his personal mitt, but you right. know, yeah. just like today, you get uh, famous Jordans. people. To, yeah, so I had the Kirk Gibson branded baseball mitt that I played with uh, for a long, long time. So thanks for helping me uh, relive some nostalgia and open some baseball cards and get to talk all about Bobby Bonilla. And uh, yeah, man, this has been a good episode. Yeah, the um, I I collected baseball cards too, but I did it in a different way. There were packs that I opened and stuff like that, but usually I think I'm trying to think where we got them from, but I think it was like Sam's or something. But you could just buy like the whole the whole like long thing that had every card from that thing in it, That's and so I would just fun. buy those. I would put them in my closet, and I was like, one day these are going to be worth millions, and I'm sure they <laughs> went, wound up in the trash someplace. So yeah, those cards are not worth anything, man. <laughs> uh, but those those are fun. Yeah, the thrill of the hunt and finding the the cards that you need in the packs that you purchase. That's, mm-hmm. That was the fun stuff. And then taking these guys like Wally Bachman that you've never heard of, putting those guys in your bicycle spokes. Yeah. That was the fate of most of the rest of them. I had a cool Pete Rose uh, when, when he was a manager, and I bet that's probably worth something maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was always a fan of like those horror trading cards and garbage trail kids and stuff like that more than the base. But I still, for some reason, I had to have them. Like, I remember I had a cool Nolan Ryan. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I thought Nolan Ryan was cool, and hopefully he would think we were cool too. So uh, <laughs> if he does, he can reach out to us at waybackattackshow at gmail.com, or he can speak directly to me on Twitter at B.E. Grantham. Uh, Preston, where can people find you? Yo, I am at Squared Stiff on Twitter, and uh, you can find us at wayback underscore attack on Twitter as well, or waybackattack at Facebook. And waybackattackshow at gmail.com. Um, one thing we do want to mention, uh, wanted to mention at the top of the show, but totally just forgot. So we're happy to be back, but we're going to do a, a little bit of a reduced pace. And so we're going to be joining you every two weeks for the time being with a fresh podcast. Try to give you a little bit more quality over quantity. Um, I hope you uh, find favor with that. And if you think of any great topics you'd like us to cover, in the meantime, please let us know. Um, we always love to talk about things that are relevant now, that are nostalgic to us as well. Um, but we'll be back in two weeks. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I'm Preston. And I am Brian. And we are way back attack. Come on, punch this way. No, the other way. The other way. No, no, punch my fist. There we go. Punch. Now punch. Punch. Boom! There we go. We did it. <laughs> so, hey, if uh, if you're only listening right now, you should check out the YouTube video because you're not going to want to miss that that little gem. <laughs> that, that was that so awful. That we <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you again for watching, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>